Slick V on the track. God is calling me. I'm in a zone. I gotta see my doctor. God is calling me. What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point Podcast. I am Jacob Carnes. He is Daniel Hammock. We are excited to talk about this week's slate of games. We've got three ranked games this week. We've got Ohio State against Michigan State, Michigan and Iowa, and then the 3.30 CBS game where college game day will be Florida against the Auburn Tigers. Daniel, how's your week going so far, man? Going well. We're humming along. We are a well-oiled machine at this point. We're ready to go. I'm excited. This is our... Our fifth episode, and previewing week six this week, and I'm excited to talk about these games. There's some exciting matchups. There's some matchups that maybe should be exciting that I don't think will be as exciting, but let's, let's talk about this first one. So we got the Ohio State Buckeyes hosting the Michigan State Spartans, and the Spartans are ranked 25th in the AP poll. The Buckeyes ranked fourth, but as we talked about this week, you and I think Ohio State is the best team in the country. Is it going to be much of a game this week? Well, I I think this will be, you know, we've mentioned before, this will be the best defense that Michigan State has faced to this point and, you know, remains to be seen the rest of the way. But Wisconsin right now looks like a daunting, um, a daunting game uh, waiting on their schedule. But, um Michigan State will definitely be a validating win one way or, the, or validating game, not not to show that I'm leaning one way or the other yet. Um, a validating game one way or the other for Ohio State um, and Ryan Day. Uh, this would be their first. I don't want to say their first big matchup. I really don't want to talk too poorly of of Nebraska, but Nebraska simply just wasn't. They weren't up to it on either side of the ball um, to hang with Ohio State. Um, Lewerke, the Michigan State quarterback, is one of their one of their best in recent history. He he has NFL stuff as far as his talent goes. He's been inconsistent at times, uh, so you know I'm not sure how much of a threat he'll be, especially if if Ohio State's getting pressure like they have been all year. You know this will be their toughest matchup overall that they've faced, but you know. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure Ohio State. I'm not sure they can lose this game. Uh, I've I've kind of made my expectation for this game is Ohio State's floor is scoring 21 points. I think that's the least amount they'll score on Michigan State's defense if Michigan State plays their best game. And I simply think Michigan State's ceiling on scoring on Ohio State is about 17 points. So I think the closest this game gets is still a four-point win for Ohio State. What about you? I like Ohio State a lot. (laughs) Obviously, I think they've been the best team in the country to this point. Like we talked about in the last podcast, very balanced on offense, um, excruciatingly dominant defense. And Michigan State, I don't know if this is going to be the best defense they face at this point. Well, to this point, probably. But you look at their game last week with Indiana. Indiana dominated time of possession. They held the ball for 35 minutes. They had more first downs than Michigan State did. They had 90 less yards. but And they turned the ball over once, and they lost by nine. And so 
Michigan was able to move the ball. Again, they scored 31 points on this defense. And if Indiana is able to score 31 points at Michigan State, right? What do, what do we think Ohio State's gonna be able to do this week against this defense? With like like I said, extremely balanced attack. Justin Fields has been very accurate with the football. He's have he's making good decisions right now. And Ryan Day is not making anything difficult for Justin Fields. J.K. Dobbins has been electric. Their offensive line has been, I think, the surprise. Yeah, I don't know why you'd be surprised with the talent level they've recruited. <laughs> but they've been dominant on the offensive line. Defense, as I've said, I think Chase Young is probably the best defensive player in the country. I like Ohio State to win big. I don't have this as one of my extra points picks just because I think this is the kind of game that maybe they circled Nebraska you know, the preseason Big Ten West champs to go and dominate. Maybe they sleepwalk into this game and allow Michigan State to stay in it. But personally, I think it'll be a 21-plus point game. But I'm not putting it on my extra points picks, but I am picking Ohio State to win. Okay, well, I definitely can see where your, you know, your points are there. I, I think Ohio State wins. I think both of these run defenses especially are good. Um, Michigan's only given up, or Michigan State, excuse me, uh, is only given up 55 yards a game on the ground. Ohio State only given up 85 yards a game on the ground. Um, I think the team that outrushes the other will win. Uh, I do think that will be Ohio State. Uh, I don't believe in the transitive property. Obviously, you mentioned the the game last week with them giving up 31 to uh, Indiana. Um, I think that this will be something with, you know, it'll be a matchup. You know, Michigan State will come to play. Uh, they were the ones that circled this game, whereas Ohio State may not have. And it's at home for them at night. Or not, excuse me, it's at Ohio State. Uh, at night, they're going to be extremely focused. Uh, but I do think Ryan Day wants to silence any critics of him being a new head coach. And he wants to show his offense off. I think it's a statement win. I'm not sure I feel comfortable like you. I don't have this as one of my extra points uh, picks because um, uh, the 20 points is a little rich for me. I do think Ohio State wins in the 10 to 14 point range. So comfortable win. I'm not sure they cover. They can, obviously, uh, by how efficient they've been. But that's more the the feel I have for it. The only other thing I look at is the last good defense Michigan State played was Arizona State, and they completely shut them down. They made them one-dimensional. Michigan State's pass offense has been their leading offensive production, which is very unlike a Michigan State team. Right. And so when Arizona State was able to shut down that passing game and then stop the run as well, I mean, that was a 10-7 game, and Arizona State looked like they should have won the game a lot worse. And so, like you said, Ohio State's pass defense has been completely dominant. And so that's me. We're, we're both saying the same thing. We like Ohio State. I think I like them a little bit more than you do. I think I like them to win a little bit bigger than you do. Um, but we like Ohio State. So staying in, do you have one more thing you wanted to say? No. <laughs> okay. Well, no, that's quite stay- enough. <laughs> well, staying in the Big Ten, we've got Michigan hosting Iowa in the Big House. And... Michigan is favored in this game. I personally don't know how you can watch Michigan and favor them in a game, but maybe you can explain it to me. Um, ESPN's Football Power Index gives Michigan a 62% chance of winning. 
I understand that this game is at home, and so three-point favorites, you know, neutral site. Maybe they're this is an even match. But what are your thoughts on Iowa and Michigan? Well, let me start by saying <clears throat> Michigan has fallen so far that by them beating Rutgers as bad as they did, Rutgers looked internally and said, "What's wrong with us?" <laughs> that would have been some because Rutgers. I don't know if you guys know fired their head coach this week. Uh, there's, you know, candidates obviously being named, different things like that. Uh, this is right in that part of the season where things like this start to happen. Honestly, I wouldn't, you know, definitely do not want to disparage Rutgers, their fine institution, but, you know, for them, their expectation being to not lose to Michigan by that much, uh, that tells me that Michigan has kind of fallen Michigan is desperate for a Big Ten win. I know they just they won one last week with Rutgers, but necessary for a Big Ten win and national credibility. Um, Iowa would would quench that briefly for them. These two teams are polar opposites. Uh, Iowa is a model of consistency and identity with a long-tenured head coach that has a reputation for, you know, being a tough out no matter who his players are. Michigan has been sporadic and unpredictable. Um, I think it's going to end up being somewhat of a classic Big Ten matchup. This will be a bunch of defense and running game. It'll be close. I think um, I, I, I would lean I would lean to take you know potential points with Iowa with for some reason, Iowa not being favored, that, that did surprise me as well. I think Michigan may may pull out a close win here, though. Um, I looked at their common opponents. They both have played Rutgers. They both have played Middle Tennessee State. Iowa has looked more consistent in both games, playing stronger defense in both of them. But, you know, I don't know. Michigan's definitely more talented. Uh, what do you think? Like you kind of said, we've talked about this before. Michigan has an identity crisis, especially on offense. They, I don't think they know what they are on offense. You know, they've looked they looked really flashy against Rutgers. I don't think that game was going to go any other way after losing the way they did against Wisconsin. They had to come out and dominate. You know, at the bottom feeder of the Big Ten, and Iowa has had an identity, and they're gonna out physical you. And they've been that way for for years. I do think that um, Nate Stanley has been the best quarterback that Iowa's had. Um, I mean, and maybe in, I mean I'm not going to say ever, but in in this recent era, um, he's in the best quarterback that Iowa's had, and their their run game is dominant. He's been extremely efficient with the football. He hasn't turned the ball over yet this season. You know, Iowa's run defense has been dominant, only allowing 77 rushing yards per game um, to Michigan's 168. They're only giving up eight points a game. I have the same thing. I look at the common opponents, like you said, Middle Tennessee State, Iowa dominated. Michigan let them stick around for way longer than they should have. Uh, Rutgers, they both dominated. Again, Iowa didn't put up as many points, but that's not their brand of football either. Um, I like Iowa, and... I try not to let my mind overthink kind of things like this. I've watched Iowa play, and I've watched Michigan play. I think Iowa's a better team. And so I try not to overthink it and think, you know, why is Michigan a favorite? You know, are they more talented? Sure. But 
I will say, I think Michigan needs this win. Like they yeah. really need this win. And so that's why <clears> I would not, I would not lock it up. You know, I'm not going to put this in my extra points picks. I do think Iowa will win a very close game. I mean, this is going to be a 20 to 17 type game. What's the over under 46. Oh, I would take the under. Michigan needs it, though, and so I would not be at all surprised if Michigan pulls this one out. Yeah, like I mentioned before, I gave my pick a little prematurely, but um, I'm not going to be putting this one on my extra points because for the same reason, I think it's it's really going to be one of these knockdown drag-out games. I'm going to edge, leave the edge to Michigan. Um, I'm not really looking at metrics like, you know, the FPI and different things like this that for some reason are predicting Michigan to win. Um, I think, you know, it'll be closer than the three and a half that, that I was being given. Uh, but yeah, Michigan, just with how college football works, the perception nationally right now is Michigan is terrible. They'll have a lot to prove. And I could even see it something being weird where Michigan gets up and Iowa comes back and, makes it interesting at the end and everybody's about to talk about a Michigan flop. Michigan hangs on something like that. So yeah, I want no part of that on my extra points. <laughs> no part of that. The un- the under looks good though. The under looks real good. <laughs> um, well, let's go from the big 10 to the sec, the Thank CBS goodness. game of the week, uh. <laughs> the CBS game of the week. We've got, the Florida Gators hosting the Auburn Tigers down in Gainesville. College game day will be in Gainesville for that. And they have not been in Gainesville since 2012, so it's been a while. So Florida gets game day, a top 10 matchup according to the AP. Uh, in our rankings, Florida is not in the top 10. But um, what, what are your first thoughts on the game? <sighs> I, I think that this will be a validating game one way or the other. But, um, you know, we're using those terms. I'm using those terms a lot. But, you know, East versus West in the SEC, a couple prominent, you know, uh, perennial SEC powers, both undefeated. This is a fun matchup. It only happens every blue moon. Um, It's definitely a fun one to watch. The past several have come down to the wire. So, um, you know, my, my initial thought is just Auburn's better and they're, they've been tested Auburn. You know, if you look at just the schedule that they've played so far, I'm going to throw out on Auburn's schedule. I'm going to throw out Kent state and Tulane and just say, those are clearly overmatched opponents. And even though Tulane has a little something to say about that, sometimes former sec member, um, and then Florida, I'm going to throw out UT Martin and Towson and get rid of those because these are all tune-up games. We know what they're there for. And I'm going to look at three games specifically for each one. Uh, Auburn went to Texas A&M, played Mississippi State at home, and played neutral site with Oregon. Florida went to Lexington, played Kentucky, and then they played Tennessee at home, and they played neutral site with Miami. Now, the three that I named for Auburn, I think, win over the three that I named for Florida. And it's not close, in my opinion. I think that Florida has definitely benefited from an easy schedule so far. And 
they will be exposed in this game. Uh, Auburn has more talent and quality depth on both sides of the ball. I think that the line of scrimmage will be a big deal. Florida's got a good D-line, but, you know, I think Auburn with, you know, we mentioned the gimmicky type offense. The (laughs) defensive line will not have as much to say against their offensive line as maybe uh, Auburn's defensive line will have to say against Florida's offensive line since they're more of a straight-up offense, Florida is. Let me ask you this. Is this is this on your extra points picks? It may or may not be. Wink, wink. Big eye emoji. <laughs> well, then let's... I'll let you talk more about it when you pick it. That's perfectly and fine. I will. I will tell you my thoughts whenever you pick it. Well, let's move on to our... The extra points picks part of our podcast where we will either take the extra points or lay the extra points. This is the... Top three games that Daniel and myself feel confident in. And so Daniel will pick three games. I will pick three games. So, Daniel, give me your first pick. Well, as an excellent segue, our last game we just talked about, Florida and Auburn, is my first pick. I, if you couldn't tell before, am picking Auburn, laying the three points, because I don't know why it's only three points. Um... Florida, like I said, has benefited from a from an easy schedule. I don't want to say easy, a lighter schedule so far. They haven't played their big-time SEC games yet. Those are on the horizon. Obviously, this week, game day there, Florida's going to be hyped up. And I just think Auburn, severely more talented. It's, gonna not, it's not necessarily going to show up with the front-line guys and the um, you know, perimeter players, those kinds of things. You're going to see it happen over the course of the game on the line of scrimmage with the depth of the team, and that usually manifests itself on special teams as well. I think Auburn will have a really good day of special teams. Field position will kind of lean Auburn's way, and that will in turn lead to them winning by at least 10 points. 10 points. Uh, I did a deep dive into this game. One, to talk about it. Two, I felt very confident with laying the points with Auburn. After doing a deep dive, I'm still confident. I felt less confident, and here's why. Offensively and surprisingly, Auburn and Florida have been very similar in the numbers they've put up offensively. And yes, Auburn's had a tougher schedule, kind of. We don't know how good A&M is. Kentucky and Mississippi State played. Who won that game? Mississippi State. They did. That's right. Because everyone, everyone picked Kentucky. Kentucky was favored. Anyway, Mississippi State won that game. Cool. Um, we saw Auburn beat the brakes off Mississippi State last week. Florida, I think if Miami had any sort of offensive line, that Miami would have won that first game of the season. Um, you and I talked about even before the season started, we were going game by game, that this will be one of the biggest mismatches this season will be Auburn's defensive line against Florida's offensive line. Right. But I also think Florida might have an advantage defensively. And so they have one of the highest havoc ranks in the havoc ranks in the country. Um, you know, defensively they're giving up 14 points per game. Auburn's giving up 17. Uh, they're Florida's giving up 318 yards a game. Auburn's giving up 320. That's very similar yards per play. 
they're both giving up a little, a little over four. So both defenses are not allowing explosive plays. And then points per play. Florida ranks higher defensively in almost every category. And so both defenses are great. Like we talked about, I don't know if Florida will be able to move the ball on offense. And on the other side, Auburn's offense is getting better and better every week. Now, I think this will be the first true, true test for Bo Nix. This will be the best defense he's faced. Uh, This will be the most hostile environment he's gone into in Gainesville. And if, if Auburn can do what they did the last two games, which is get an early lead and then allow their defense to do what they do, then they will win this game and they'll win it by more than three points. You know, you know the last two games, they got up 21-3 to Texas A&M and then 21 nothing in Mississippi State on the first three drives. So I think if Auburn's able to do that and, and shut the crowd up pretty quick, that I'd agree with you, but... Look at the stats. It scared me away from making it on my picks. But I do agree with you. I think it's the right pick. But that will lead me to my first pick. So four teams are undefeated against the spread this year. Auburn is one of them. So I like the pick. Another one of them is Oklahoma State laying 10 points against Texas Tech. I talked about them last week when we talked about the Kansas State game. I talked about how I thought they were going to – Beat Kansas State pretty bad, and they did. They dominated just about every stat in the game, time of possession, first downs. Um, they actually had two turnovers and still dominated the game. Yards was almost double Oklahoma State over Kansas State, and I think Kansas State is a much better team than Texas Tech is. And Oklahoma State was able to dominate that game. Um, like they have one, of the, they have a great balanced offense. Chuba Hubbard's one of the best running backs in the country. Um, defensively. Texas Tech's not going to be able to offer much defensively. They're giving up almost 200 yards rushing to an offense that's averaging almost 300 yards rushing per game. And so it's a 10-point spread. Uh, the only game they've lost it this year was against Texas, and I've already talked about how that game was about even stat-wise and that you know they had a chance to win that game in Austin. And so I like Oklahoma State laying 10 against Texas Tech. That's a good pick. Um, <clears throat> he definitely had the stats to back that up. Uh, the Big 12, obviously, just historically, you're going to have shootouts here and there. Um, you said the line is 10? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's about right. Um, <clears throat> Texas Tech just came off playing Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken, this weekend. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you saw what Oklahoma did to them, I think. Oklahoma State is closer to an Oklahoma than they are to a Texas Tech. For sure. Um, if you're talking about just the um, kind of the rankings of the Big 12 or just the pecking order, I guess you'd say. Um, but, yeah, I think the the balance of Oklahoma State is what's so good right now. You mentioned Chuba Hubbard. Obviously, Sanders at quarterback. Um, they're just they're hitting on all cylinders and they're playing their best brand of ball. And so it's really letting, you know, uh, Gundy, you know, kind of do what he wants as a coach. He doesn't have to hide anything. He doesn't have to do anything like this. So I think it's a good pick. I like I like Oklahoma State as well. What's your second pick? All right. So I'm going to a... Former national champion, 
the Central Florida <laughs> fighting Golden Knights over Cincinnati. Um, I think that UCF, this game is a four-point line, and I would already think that Central Florida would win by more. But the fact that I saw this, I just figured that maybe nationally Central Florida is getting written off a little bit after losing to Pitt. I think if you just kind of understand, you know, Pitt maybe not as terrible as everyone saw as they kind of hung in there with Penn State. You saw Penn State did to Maryland. You know, all these games are kind of fluid. I think UCF just didn't have their best day. I think they're just better straight up than Cincinnati. I think Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback for UCF, is a stud. I think he'll, you know, be a star. I think he's going to eventually be, not this year, but eventually in his career at UCF will be maybe on the Heisman ballot. Somebody who's going to be, you know, invited to New York, maybe his junior year, maybe something like that. Um, This is a guy who's recruited to, you know, Power Five schools. And he got an opportunity to go to Central Florida. He did. And he's tearing it up right now. He's got over 1,300 passing yards and a bunch of touchdowns right now. So he's just, he's humming. um, And I think they win by two touchdowns. I think it's a big game. Um, But you have any thoughts on my former national championship uh, caliber team pick? What was the line? Four points. Oh, yeah. That's easy. I agree. I think that's an overreaction to the pit loss. I think Pitt was able to make them play a game they didn't want to play and make them play a more physical brand of football where UCF just wants to score super quick and throw the ball all over the field. I don't think Cincinnati will be able to do what Pittsburgh did. Uh, I think they're going to play angry and try to prove the critics wrong because now everyone's been like, ah, yes, finally, they lost regular season game. We don't have to talk about them anymore. And, yeah, I think this is a a statement game because Cincinnati's a team that several people picked to win the American Conference in the offseason. And so there were were several teams that got attention to win the conference as people were trying to write off UCF. Um, But I don't think Cincinnati – yeah, four points is way too easy. UCF's the right pick there. Um, Yeah, well, I'm going to go back to the Big 12 with my second pick. And the Oklahoma Sooners, not the Cowboys, but the Sooners, Lincoln Riley's team, is laying 31.5 against Kansas. And I think this is way too easy of a pick. 31 and a half is a lot of points, but I don't know if you've watched Oklahoma's offense the past three years, but they score a lot of points (laughs) and Kansas. Yeah. They've had a couple, you know, they're two and three sitting pretty, you know, two wins. That's, you know, at this point in the season, very unlike Kansas football, you got the Mad Hatter down there and Les Miles. Uh, They're not talented enough just to keep this game close. Their defense is not even close to good enough to slowing down Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts is going to have another Heisman day. He's their leading rusher and passer. Their offensive line replaced a ton last year, but they'll be able to gain a lot of experience and have some really good film in this game against Kansas's defense. Oklahoma's defense is not going to have to do much because Kansas is not doing a ton on offense. They're only averaging 23 points a game. They're giving up 26 points a game. 
It's not great when your opponents are averaging more points than you, or as Oklahoma is averaging 55 points a game, they're giving up 18. And they gave up 16 points to Texas Tech last week, and I think Texas Tech's offense is significantly better than Kansas's offense. UCLA as well. I showed that they can score points, and they only gave up 14 to UCLA. Lay the points. I will lay the extra points. Oklahoma, 31.5 to Kansas. I've got a question for you. (laughs) Over under three and a half blades of grass that Les Miles eats during the game. Oh, over. Over? He's got to eat more than three and a half. Oh, you think so? Okay. Well, if that's the case, then he's going to be nervous, and I think you're right. This is probably a uh, an easy cover for the Sooners. Um, I'd stay away from it for one. I thought that the Big Ten was the Big 12 last week, so I have no reason picking <laughs> anything over there. And two, 31 and a half. That's a that's a tough that's a tough pill to swallow uh, laying that many points. But hey. Oklahoma's a team that will score, and Kansas, unless they're on the basketball court, will not score <laughs> very much at all. So I'll say this. They gave up 51 to TCU last week, and they also lost to West Virginia. <laughs> so for what it's worth. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, all right. Well, <clears throat> I guess that leads me to my third, third pick. pick. And – taking Georgia to go up to Knoxville and I'm laying the 24 and a half points pick yes, agreement. I just <laughs> reprimanded you for laying 31 and a half, but 24 and a half. Well, that doesn't quite seem nearly as bad. Um, Georgia last two times that they've played Tennessee, um, 41 point differential and a 26 point differential. This is a much more talented Georgia group than the past couple of meetings. Um, I say much more talented. This is just more talented. You know, they've progressively gotten better every year. And I do think it's more talent with Tennessee. It's just not been able to be shown because nothing is working right now. And the locker room... There's a lot of factors that go into why they're not playing well. I think that, you know, they've actually recruited, you know, this season, this past recruiting class was a really good class by Jeremy Pruitt. But I saw a stat today showing the past five recruiting classes for Tennessee, the amount of transfers, medical disqualifications or retirements, and... um. There's another stat. So there's very, very few, you know, upperclassmen players playing. And so that's what leads to mistakes and lack of focus. This Tennessee team will be better next year. Um, And then maybe even down the stretch, this is not the game for that. Georgia had a bye week to regroup. I would think differently of this game if this was right after the Notre Dame game. But the fact that they have a bye week in between to not only get healthy because Georgia has suffered a couple injuries in the game, but to really just refocus and regroup. Um, I would, you know, the typical thing people say after a bye week to worry about is rustiness on the offense. Um, 
I would say that's fine. I can wait, you know, uh, a quarter or two for Georgia to really open it up offensively because their defense is not going to let Tennessee score in this game. I think it in danger of potentially being another shutout like it was a couple years ago. Uh, this is in danger of being a home game for Georgia <clears throat> just based on how Georgia fans have been traveling and how <clears throat> Tennessee has been uninterested thus far. The run game and the defense will travel, lay the points. Georgia covers 24 and a half. Yeah, big agreement. That's uh, that's my last pick as well. So for all the reasons you gave, uh, Georgia's, Georgia's run defense – Averaging, you know, allowing 57 yards a game. Tennessee's got to be able to run the ball if they want to win this game. And I just don't think Georgia's defense is going to allow them to run the ball. Georgia's offense will score points. Tennessee's playing a ton of young players on defense. Will they be able to rotate enough players to last the whole game with Georgia's offensive line? They get the best offensive line in the country. Uh, They got healthier during the bye week. You know, maybe they keep it close for a half, but... A four-quarter game, Tennessee's not keeping this within 24-and-a-half points. Later the 24-and-a-half, Georgia wins big in Knoxville. So then we move to our uh, extra point pick of the year of the week. We've picked a lot of favorites, five favorites so far. Daniel, do we have an underdog? Well, it's surprising that they're an underdog. I believe this line opened with them as a favorite. And for some reason, people are betting the other side of this. Um, we are taking an underdog. We're taking Baylor plus two against Kansas State. Um, Jacob, for, the record, for the record, Baylor is one of the other teams who is undefeated against the spread this year. So 5-0 and against the spread, the Baylor Bears. And I, I just simply think uh, Baylor... Ever since Art Bryles and that whole fiasco falling out, all that, their national perception has just been they're just this terrible team, bottom dweller of the Big 12. And you kind of put me on to them early uh, or towards the end of the offseason before the season started and said, hey, Matt Rule, he's he's really getting this ship in the right direction and. You know, Baylor's going to be challenging some of these upper teams in the Big 12. I think they're um, they're just a better team than Kansas State. Also, Kansas State trying to be KSU. I went to the real KSU, Kennesaw State University, so, you know, <laughs> let's quit with the disrespect. Um, the real KSU will stand up, and Baylor, well, we think we'll just win outright, but they get two points, which is which is fun. Yeah, and that's essentially a, uh, you know, that's essentially a pick them when it's two points like that. But, yeah, I like Baylor. Like you talked about, I love Matt Rule. Um, what he's doing with that program has been impressive. Um, they're, you know, they're scoring 40 points a game. They're giving up 16 points a game. And they're playing tough defense, which in the Big 12 is uncommon. But when you're able to play tough defense, you're going to be able to compete with teams who are more talented than you are. And so I like they were to win. I do think the wrong team is favored. Um, you know, their their offensive attack is still a pass-heavy offense, which is very Big 12 compared to 
Kansas State's run-heavy offense, but um, you know their defense is only given you know giving up less than 300 yards a game, only allowing 100 rushing yards a game, and so their their rush defense will be able to handle Kansas State's attack, and so especially after watching them last week against Oklahoma State struggle to move the ball, Baylor's defense is much better than Oklahoma State's defense, and so. I don't understand why they are an underdog, but I'll take the two points anyway, and Baylor's going to win the football game. That's true. Hey, and, you know, I guess we need to talk about last week. Um, you know, we'll kind of keep a running total of our records, but our first week of doing, you know, the extra point picks, we both went 2-1. and one, So, hey, we both kind of know what's going on. Winning and record. Then, and then... We told you so as far as SMU USF. Wow. You know, if there's ever a reason to believe us on Baylor, look at what we said about SMU and USF last week. So and the, the fourth team that is undefeated against a spread, is the Southern Methodist Mustangs. Oh, yes. So there those, you go. Those pony up. You got a pony up on the ponies <laughs> this year. And just one quick I told you so because Jacob laughed at me last week. Ole Miss. <laughs> Plus the thir- or 35 and a half, 38 and a half, whatever you got it at. They covered both ways. John Reese Plumley, baseball player, stud, quarterback of the future for Ole Miss. See you later, Matt Corral. <laughs> JRP all the way. Well, let's talk about the real I told you so, which was Temple laying nine against Georgia Tech. That's where you're going to bring this up. <laughs> Let's just say Georgia Tech, when I said Georgia Tech may or may not bring an offense, uh, they, in fact, did not bring their offense. You were right. The defense was the only one that was involved. They were giving up points, and then they scored some points. So, uh, you know, Georgia Tech's reeling. Um, it's tough to watch. You know, my uh, I have a lot of family. You know, I live in Atlanta, so I have a lot of family as Georgia Tech fans. And my granddad, um, who I love dearly, is a Tech fan. And so I want them to do good. I'm glad that they moved on from the option offense and should be fun to watch in the future eventually, maybe one day. <laughs> but right now it is rough. Um, they just they really need to focus on winning one ACC game this year and that being kind of a signature hang your hat win. And then maybe next year try to try to get to a bowl game. I know those are lower expectations that Georgia Tech fans may want to hear, but you know what? Step in the right direction. I think Collins is a good coach. Uh, he'll recruit, especially in the uh, city of Atlanta and the state of Georgia. But yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a rough year. So you know, just hope for the best. Definitely say your prayers every night. <laughs> well, we're excited for this weekend. Several good games this weekend. Be sure to watch them. Lock into our picks. I think we're going to do a lot better this week with our picks. But for the Extra Point Podcast, I am Jacob Carnes. He is Daniel Hammock. See ya. <laughs>